Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Grand Lighthouse Coffee. Grand Lighthouse Coffee is the e-commerce business that sells certified organic fair trade coffee, either whole bean or grinded. Chemicals do not touch the beans, and the farmers who grow the green coffee are paid and treated fairly. Coffee beans are made to order so you will get freshly roasted beans no later than seven days after being roasted. Grand Lighthouse also provides memberships for families and businesses depending on how much coffee you purchase per month. For more information and updates, follow like them on Instagram, Facebook at Grand Lighthouse Coffee or visit their website at GrandLighthouseCoffee.com and don't forget to use your promo code EastWest to get 10% off. Scouts over relied on heavily when evaluating talent. Teams should be drafting for the future and not just immediate needs. It all starts with the quarterback position. Thank you for listening to the East-West Football Podcast with Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley, and now here is your host, Fidel Barraza. Thank you for listening to the East-West Football Podcast. I am your host, Fidel Barraza. And on this episode, we'll talk to 49ers insider Matt Mayoko, all things 49ers. And we'll also talk to NFL free agent Rashad Payne. That's got a really great story. And also, me and Kendall settled the debate. Who should start for the New England Patriots, Cam Newton or Jared Stidham? We hope you enjoy the show. Our first guest today covers the San Francisco 49ers for NBC Sports Bay Area, is a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame Committee, and he is the host of the 49ers Inside Podcast. Matt Mayoko, how you doing, Matt? Fidel, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. And, and Jerry and Kendall, it's good to see you guys as well. Thank you. We yes. appreciate your time, Matt. Yes, thank you for coming on. Yes. So, so first of all, I hope, hope you and your family are doing well, uh, being you know, safe and um, just healthy. I appreciate that. Yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're doing fine. Got uh, a, a senior in high school, started her first day, of course, didn't go on campus, and a, a sophomore starting her first day of, of school for the school year. So tell you what, it's going to be a, an interesting year. Hopefully it's not too boring for them. It certainly ended in a bad way last year for the high school seniors uh, and who are now college freshmen. Uh, so you, you kind of feel for them. I just hope uh, my daughter has, a, has an experience, a good experience. And, and uh, you know, of course, I wish that for every kid and every grade and high school, college, elementary school, whatever across the country. But uh, one of those things, we all got to stick together and make wise decisions and get through this. Yes, uh, absolutely. All right, man, let's get started. So let's talk about the San Francisco 49ers. So obviously a very interesting offseason. Uh, the team was so close to winning the Super Bowl last year against the Chiefs. Um, they, they did a lot of moves during free agency and the draft. I just want to get your thoughts on those moves. Well, I think they did a really good job. They're, they're, the whole idea was to kind of keep the band together because they found something that worked with people that they want in that organization. 
And I, you know, don't really uh, undersell that part of it. You know, so much of what they went through the first two years in having two really bad seasons, 2017, where they had the six wins, finished strong, of course, and then 2018 with the four wins was just to kind of figure out which guys, which carryovers would cut the mustard and which guys they wanted to not bring back. And I think they found a really good group. And I tell you, it was one of the better groups that I've been around as far as guys, you know, who took, take their profession seriously, good teammates and are in it for the right reasons. So, you know, when, when they set out in free agency, it wasn't so much, you know, adding pieces or spending money on people from outside the organization. It was all about trying to keep that team together. And, you know, one of the first moves they made to me was, was a, a surprising move, a shocker in the sense that DeForest Buckner is and has been everything a team wants. You you draft a guy number seven overall, you have some expectations for him on the field. Um, I I don't know if he exceeded those expectations on the field, but he was a really good player and a good foundational piece and the kind of guy, the kind of work ethic, everything you want on a team. So that really surprised me when they made that decision to trade him to the Indianapolis Colts and re-sign Eric Armstead. And they were able to do that by, you know, spending less money for Armstead than they would have had to for Buckner, but also getting that first round draft pick from the Colts and then using that to, you know, basically get Javon Kinlaw while also using a trade back to come up and get Brandon Ayuk. So they're able to, you know, sort of offset the loss of Buckner by getting Javon Kinlaw, offset the loss of uh, Emmanuel Sanders by getting Brandon Ayuk. And then, you know, later on that in the draft, day three of the draft, offset the loss of Joe Staley by getting Trent Williams. So when you look at this team, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be a better team than they were last year. That doesn't mean I expect them to go 14 to two. Yeah. It might very well be that they have fewer wins than 13. I would expect them to have fewer wins than 13. I don't know that they can do that again, but I think overall it's a, it's a strong team and maybe even a stronger roster than it was a yeah, you know what? I think the best move that they made during the offseason was trading for Trent Williams, right? Joe Staley retires, so uh, they, they plug in Trent right away. Yeah, that's something where you, know, you always wondered when that time comes to move on from Joe Staley, how's that going to look? You know, how, how much of a beating are they going to take the next year as they try to figure out their left tackle situation? And, you know, even if you're to tra- uh, draft a, a, a rookie in the first round and, and plug him in at left tackle, what's that going to look like? There's going to be growing pains. But uh, it is very possible that they replace one all-decade tackle with a player who's even better. And, you know, right. Joe Staley Joe Staley has been a good player for a long time. He's been just solid. And I, I think – this guy, I think Trent Williams has a chance to be a lot more than solid. He has a chance to be an absolute force with his athleticism in the running game, but then also just protecting Jimmy Garoppolo's blind side. So that could really turn out to be a huge move for this team. 
And I think that's really going to help out the running game and Jimmy Garoppolo staying upright, right? Because we all... it can't help. Yeah, for sure. And then also, you know, I just want to get your thoughts on Debo Samuel. Uh, he was one of the you know players that stood out the most last year, especially in that offense. Uh, we know he was injured. Uh, what's the projected timetable for his return? Yeah, so he has that Jones fracture. It's the the bone on the outside of his, I believe it's his right foot. And he underwent surgery in June to get that repaired. Um, the 49ers were thinking that, you know, he's on the physically unable to perform list right now. I think the 49ers all along have been thinking just very conservatively, keep him on that list to start the regular season. Then he has to miss the first six weeks. And so that would put his return at, I believe, week seven against the New England Patriots. But, you know, watching some of his videos of his rehab and how he's cutting and starting and stopping, um, you know, I don't know if he's further along. But maybe maybe there is a chance that with the regular season opening uh, in, what, a month from now, uh, right. September 13th, that maybe they keep him on that active roster to open the season. And even if he's not ready week one or two, maybe there's a chance that they would uh, they envision him playing week three, four, or five, and then not waiting those full six weeks. So that's something that I think we'll, we'll see as time goes on. But as soon as they bring him off that, that physically unable to perform list, you know, he can't open the season on that list. So we'll see how that plays out. But I think the timeline all along has been the 49ers figure to not have him for the first six weeks of the season. Yes, man. And then we all know that the NFC West now is stacked with talent, right? Uh, I mean, Seattle just traded for Jamal Adams. I mean, you can say it was for a King's ransom, right? Um, do you think they gave up too much for him? I do, um, but you know, I guess I look at it from the 49ers standpoint. Kind of everything I see is through that prism. And, you know, I know there was a lot of chatter about, you know, should the 49ers be interested? Are they interested? Well, it turned out they, they weren't interested. And I think we all kind of knew that all along because of where they are with the salary cap. They haven't re-signed George Kittle. Um, and so, you know, they have a lot of other areas where they need help other than safety, where they just re-signed Jimmy Ward to a three-year, $28.5 million contract. So if your question is, is it, was that too much for the 49ers? The answer is absolutely yes. But John Schneider and Pete Carroll are very smart guys. And there's been a reason that Seattle has remained near the top of the heap in the NFC, you know, let alone the NFC West for so long. It's because they know their football team. They know what they want. They know how to get it. The one thing that I can say that makes their decision look like it's pretty wise is that, yes, they gave up a first-round draft pick in 2021 and another first-round draft pick in 2022. This upcoming draft is shaping up to be the most wild, wide-open draft you right. can possibly imagine. So, in other words, I mean, you're, you're, you're looking at the prospects of not seeing these athletes play football for, what, 16 months before the draft is held. And so uh, I don't see any advantage, honestly, in having a, a pick in the first round, the second round, the third round, or the fourth round, because you know, I often look at those mock drafts that are done like right after one draft, you know, 
the people who really follow it will put up a mock draft looking ahead a year. And even the people who really know what they're talking about have no clue how it's going to look a year from now. And those mock drafts, the first round, I mean, you could just take that mock draft from the first round from a year earlier and just slide it into the fifth round ordinarily. Yeah. And it would, it, it, you have a better chance of, of making it look more like the fifth round than the first round. So my point is, Yeah, no, definitely agree with you, Matt. And then also the other question I had is, you know, talking about George Kittle. I mean, do you think that contract gets done this year or do you think it's going to take a little bit more, a little bit longer to, for that to happen? I think it has to get done. Uh, I just don't know that it makes sense for George Kittle and his agent to risk injury by having him out there on the field. But what you're looking with the 49ers is they're reluctant to give a big money contract in a time when the salary cap is going down. And so that's kind of limit how much they want to pay. But you can also look at it from George Kittle's standpoint and his agent, Jack Beckton. I mean, look at, look at Austin um, Hooper, fine player. He's no George Kittle and he's making 10 and a half million a year. Well, if that's the number we're using to determine how much George Kittle is worth, that, that number means nothing. I look at the wide receivers and I don't know about you guys, but I would think if you look at the wide receivers, the top wide receivers in the game and what they're making, which is far greater than any tight end. If I were the 40 hours, I don't know that I would take any wide receiver in this league over George Kittle. And, and I'd say that because George Kittle gives you a lot of the production in the passing game you get from a number one wide receiver incredible force as a run blocker and in the running game and the way the 49ers are constituted with their running game being such an integral part of what their offensive plan is. I think George Kittle is, you know, maybe the most important guy that the 49ers could pick out of a draft to put on their team. So you can see it both ways with both sides. So I'm not sure this thing gets done and the risk that George Kittle runs by suiting up, taking part in practices, playing in games when he doesn't have that long-term guaranteed contract with the amount of physicality he plays with and the way he puts his body on the line. I don't know that it makes sense for him to play. Yep. Very true. Everything you said is very accurate. Hey, what's going on with you, Matt? Not much, Kendall. How's everything with you? Everything's great. Everything's great my way. Um, one thing I want to ask you is just from listening to you, what do you think went wrong with the 49ers in the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, for what, what's what are they, I got to do the math here for what about 53 minutes, <laughs> everything was going very much to plan. Um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, the, the Kansas City Chiefs had a, an explosive offense and the 49ers defense kept them at bay. The pass rush, uh, was was doing you know a pretty good number on Patrick Mahomes, making him a little bit uncomfortable. Not a lot of sacks, but just kind of rat not rattling, but but certainly making that offense, uh, preventing that offense from really getting on track. You know, I, I think if you look back on that, I know there was a lot of criticism for Kyle Shanahan of uh, abandoning the run. Uh, when when I look back at that situation where they had the 10 point lead in the fourth quarter where they 
could have run the ball, but chose to throw instead. There were openings. There were openings that, that, that could have blown that game open. You know, a couple balls that Chris Jones batted down at the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, if ifs and buts are candy and nuts, every day would be Christmas. But if Chris Jones doesn't get his hands up there and, and bat down those balls, 49ers probably end up winning the game. So, you know, it, it's not a, it, that's just the way football is. You know, you, it's a bad play call if it turns out poorly, even if, even if everything was kind of set up to take advantage of some things. So I just think a lot of things happen. And, and the fact of the matter is too, that the, the 49ers defense gave up 21 points in the final, you know, final few minutes of the Super Bowl. So, um, it's it's a it was a tough one for that team because very few times are you able to have a ten point lead in the middle of the fourth quarter of a Super Bowl and when you do you got to finish it and the Forty ers didn't finish it and now you know all the guys I'm talking to as they report to camp that left a bad taste in their mouth and it gave them you know even more motivation not that you need motivation uh, to that degree but even more motivation to get back there and finish the job next time. Man, just, I mean, watching the game, I think the play that killed them was that third and long play when Patrick Mahomes connected with Tyree Hill down the field on third and long. I think if, if they don't get that, we're having a totally different conversation right now. I don't think there's any question. And, and just look at the, 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 that play, you know, all the things that could have happened. Um, you know, was Nick Bosa held by mm-hmm. Eric Fisher? Debatable. You know, to Nick Bosa's credit, he said, you know, he's not blaming the refs. He looks at that play and he says, yeah, I mean, it could have been called a holding. It could have not been called a holding. It was not called a holding. Um, Heck, you can go back to the end of the first half when the 49ers had a chance to put a a field goal on the board there right at the end of the first half. And George Kittle pushed Mm -hmm. off. Was it offensive pass interference? It could have been called pass interference. It could have not been called pass interference, but it was called pass interference. So that's just the way it happens. And and the, the fact of the matter is, too, the Chiefs had run that similar route combination, and they set that thing up perfectly because mm-hmm. Emmanuel Mosley, you know, a young cornerback who, you know, not – as much experience as, as other guys back there or other guys in the league, uh, he let Tyreek Hill go thinking that he was running, you know, into the middle third and not recognizing that, you know, he was coming back behind him. And, and Jimmy Ward was in a situation where he can't let Tyreek Hill cross his face. And so he flips his hips and it was, it was Mosley's responsibility, but, um, you know, again, the fine line and DeForest Buckner, a step too late. And even then he, he made, you know, he got enough, you know, Mahomes could sense him enough that he kind of not off balance, but, you know, didn't get all the mustard on that ball he wanted to. He left it up there, but because of that great route and the great play call and, and everything else, um, it, it still enabled Tyreek Hill to, to make that catch. So, yeah, those are some of the, the big plays in this game. And, and think about this. In the last half of that fourth quarter, final seven minutes, every big play that was made in that game was a Kansas City Chief stepping up and making it. So, uh, hey, they earned it, no question about it. They made it plays when they had to make them. And Absolutely. Another thing I want to ask you is, what do you think of the Brendan Ayuk pick, the wide receiver at, at um, Arizona State, 
and how much you think Debo Samuel in, injury is going to play a big part in um, Brennan Ayuk's his contribution this year? Like, what is he going to do for the 49ers this year? Yeah, I, I mean, I thought that uh, it, it was interesting to hear Kyle Shanahan. And, you know, he knows exactly what he's looking for in his you know, offensive skill players. And uh, as far as I can kind of gather, he had C.D. Lamb as his number one receiver on his board, and he had Brandon Ayuk just a shade behind. And so uh, to get a guy that they would have considered at the number 13 or 14 overall pick and to get him at, I believe it was 25, Brandon Ayuk tells you what you need to know. So this guy, uh, he's, he's versatile. He'll go get the ball. He's very good yards after the catch and uh, you know, good route runner. So he, he's everything that, that Kyle Shanahan wants. And I think he's kind of similar to Debo Samuel in a lot of ways. Actually, I think he's also similar to um, Dante Pettis, uh, maybe a little bit more willing to run routes over the middle, maybe a little bit more of, a, of an attitude of, you know, maybe a more aggressive attitude. Um, and, and so when, when looking back at last year, Fort Ayers had not planned to use Debo Samuel as much as they did. Yeah. And Debo Samuel, he frustrated Kyle a lot because Kyle's very demanding. He wants things done a certain way. But because Dante Pettis fell off the face of the earth, because, uh, you know, uh, Marquise Goodwin was injured and wasn't real reliable, um, you know, Emmanuel Sanders comes in mid-season. Debo Samuel, because of his work ethic, the, his attitude, everything else, they just had to keep putting him out there. And it was basically trial by fire. And what the, the bad side of it was, in fact, I mean, you and I didn't really see him screw up, but he screwed up a lot. What happened was, and after Sanders got to the team, contributions picked up mm -hmm. because he had on the other side to take some of that attention away from him, but also – uh, he was getting more comfortable with the offense. Now, uh, when he's healthy, I mean, they were expecting a big year from him before the injury. Ayuk, I think they'll have the opportunity to take a little slower. They don't have to just force feed him. They just don't have to say, get out there. We're going to live with your mistakes. Just right. go play. They have an opportunity to really carve out on a, a role for him because when Samuel comes back, they already have – uh, you know, they'll have, he'll have a specific role to have a better slot receiver and Trent Taylor. Um, and so, you know, they have, uh, and, and I think uh, Kendrick Bourne is a guy that really came on last year. And now the heat is on a guy like Dante Pettis to prove that he deserves a uniform once the regular season starts. That's a real good point, Mr. Matt. And one more thing I want to ask you, um, I just want to say is, does it on me? I know y'all look at some wide receivers. Des Brown, he's out there. He's looking for a job. So I think it'd be a great. I think if y'all could bring him in for at least a trial, I think it may add some depth. I mean, I don't think it'll hurt. So I think it'd be a, a good addition to a team because I did sign Des. Yeah, I, I just don't think that's going to happen. You know, you look at it. If, if they ever needed a wide receiver, it would have been last year, and they just never had any interest. And and so now he hasn't played in several years, and so I think it mind and. Yeah, I just don't – I don't envision that happening. Right. Appreciate it, Matt. Yeah, no problem, Kendall. Hey, Matt, this is Jerry. So, you know, Kendall, Kendall. I mean, he's a big he's, – he's been rooting for Des Bryant for a while. So, 
I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those things. But hey, you know, your 49ers. Uh, it looks like you almost own like with the back of your hand. So, you know, great props. I, I, I really enjoy, you know, listening to your thoughts as far as their, their complete offseason. And I think that you're absolutely right on like some of the players you mentioned, like Trent Williams. I think he's he's a blue chip player for at least minimal four years. So they solidified that left tackle position with Trent Williams for at least four years, I would say. But uh, let me ask. Well, let me well ask the first you. thing they got to do, Jerry, he's only signed through this year. That's true. So, you know, so it, it's one of those those things where he seems to have really you know, hit it off with his teammates already. He's, he seems very happy, unlike that dysfunctional situation he was in before. So if they're going to keep him beyond this year, if he, if he plays up to expectations, they're going to have to come knocking with some big time money to keep him. Yeah. That, that, and, that, and that's what it, it's coming down to. It looks like in the league. Um, let me ask you a question. So Cal Shanahan, I can give you, I, I would like I would like your thoughts. Do you how do you think that he is the answer at the head coach position to get them multiple championships? Well, I think they got to start with one first, <laughs> and so um, so I don't know about that. Um, I, my my uh, my thoughts would be probably a lot more conclusive if if they had won last year because it's tough to get there, and once you get there. You just don't like to see those opportunities get away from you. But I think Kyle is an outstanding head coach. And I think everything he's done as a head coach since he in 2018, almost above of 2019. And the reason is because it's easy to be a head coach when you're winning. Now I realize the head coach is a big part of the reason you're winning, but th this was a horrible team that he inherited. Uh, from Trent Baalke and, and Chip Kelly and Jim Tomsula before him and all that. And so the reason Jed York signed John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan to six-year contracts was because everybody knew this was going to be a major rebuild. Well, for him to keep things together, for him to avoid his head blowing up into pieces after uh, losing 22 games those first two years, that to me is the key and, and when I walked in that locker room in, in 2017 and 2018, you saw a bunch of guys who felt like this team was on the right track. And so that is, that is a very difficult thing to do is to convince a group of heading in the right direction. So my answer to you is yes, I absolutely believe that he is a really good head football coach, that he was born for this job. And um, I, I don't know if he's going to win multiple championships. I don't know if he's going to win one championship. But, you know, before last year, there was a really good coach who started off as a head coach in Philadelphia and then went to Kansas City who had never won a championship. And people were, for the longest time, were asking, does Andy Reid have what it takes to win a championship? And now he's gotten one. And the entire perception of Andy Reid, his career, and, and now he's probably going to be a Hall of Fame coach. So, you know, perception kind of uh, is kind of contingent on the last season that a coach had in many ways. Yeah, I just think that I, I think sometimes he gets a little bit more, you know, I guess pushback as far as that he can, he's a great starter but can't finish because, you know, he was the OC for the Falcons when they blew that big lead against the Patriots. And 
last year's uh, upset in the, in the Super Bowl. Matt, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and hopefully we can bring you on again soon. Okay, thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Let's talk about the quarterback competition that is happening right now at New England Patriots training camp. Cam Newton versus Jared Stidham, which to me, I really feel like there's no competition, right? Because I believe that Cam Newton's going to end up being the starter. But for whatever reason, Kendall, you feel like Jared Stidham is going to play week one and be the starter. So why is that? I think Jared Stidham is going to be the future for the New England Patriots. I feel he has an arm. He's a better. Uh, I think he's a better quarterback, a better overall quarterback than Cam Newton. I think sit behind Brady for the year, and then then this Brady, this is the second year in the system, and just go back and look what he did in the preseason last year. He was great during the preseason, throwing darts through, through the game against the Detroit Lions. He's a, I think he's a pretty good quarterback. Um, so far, there's been great reviews on him from his former head coaches, um, Gus Malzahn, former Auburn, well, Gus Malzahn, Auburn coach. He said the same thing about Stidham. He said um, Stidham could be the guy. He, he he's a he was a learner. He's eager to be, to be even better. And he said sitting behind Brady for that first year, it really helped him. So that's why I think Jared Simmons is going to be the guy. The Patriots, they were all in on Stidham until they signed Cam. They, they were all in on him. So I think, I mean, they only signed Cam to a one-year deal. They didn't pay him much. And everything that I'm hearing out of New England is that they really love Jared Stidham. So I think Stidham's going to be the guy for the Patriots. He's going to start week one against Miami. But we're talking about a quarterback that's never played in the regular season, just preseason, compared to a guy that's a former league MVP has led his team to Super Bowl. So, I mean, I just – I don't understand why you think that that Jared Simmons is going to play over Cam Newton. Because Bill Belichick is, thinks Jared Simmons is going to start. They only bring in Cam for one year. They bring him in on a one-year deal. And see, another reason I think is Bill Belichick is not just going to hand nobody the job. If Stidham – and so far, I know it's a couple days in count. If Stidham outperforms Cam Newton in camp, Stidham's going to be the guy. You don't, we don't care about Cam. He's a brand name and none of that. What, what's the last, we haven't seen Cam Newton play a full season in a couple of years. He's been hurt. He's been hurt. So, yeah, he has been hurt. I'm glad you said that. But now he's fully healthy. So, and then you're talking, you're talking about a guy that has a tremendous chip on his, you know, shoulder. So, I mean, as far as I know, the reason why, or the reason how he found out I was going to let go of the Panthers was through a text message. It wasn't any even like anything like personalized. Hey, thank you, Cam, for for you know doing what you did with us. Nothing like that. So you're talking about a guy that kind of nobody was looking to sign, right? Which to me was a big surprise. But now he's a Patriot. He's got something to prove, man. He and has I, something to prove, but Jared Stidham has something to prove as well. Which is what though? He has a he's has he has to prove that he's from Jared Stidham's standpoint. He's kind of like hey. Why did y'all bring in Cam Newton? I'm supposed to be the guy. They obviously know something that we don't know. That's why they brought him in the guy, because they didn't even draft a quarterback. They signed him and draft a quarterback, but not even draft an actual quarterback. So, me going back to the point, they must know something that we don't, right, as far as Jared Stidham goes. Why was Cam available? for? If Cam was healthy, why was Cam, so, why was Cam available until last month? Why, why was he still available for? I mean, how many starting jobs are they are in the NFL? There's not too many. He, yeah, that's right. But the Patriots brought him in late, late last month for a reason. Well, the, for a reason. Uh, but hold on. So the reason why Chicago didn't pull the trigger was because of the whole COVID nineteen. At the time, they weren't allowing uh, players to visit doctors or doctors to visit players to clear him from the injury. So that's why the Chicago Bears did not trade for Cam Newton. 
Well, I think going back to Jack Sidham, another reason why I think he has a leg up on this quarterback competition because he was there all last year and he's in his dead offseason. Cam Newton, and, and we've heard how hard, how hard a Patriots system can be. Cam Newton just got there last month. He, j- he just got there. And if, from what I'm hearing, Jack Sidham has a leg up on him right now in the, in the competition. Which I'm not saying you're wrong on that part, but Cam, I think Cam's ceiling is a lot higher than what Jared Stidham's ceiling is. So I just feel like this offense can do a lot more with Cam Newton than what it can with Jared Stidham. But we don't know about Jared Stidham. That's the big unknown. We don't know about him. But see, that's, that's, that's what's unique. We don't know about him. So a lot of people are not going to expect a lot from Jared Stidham. We know what Cam's going to do. We know what Cam can do. Teams know about Cam Newton. We know. Look. Patriots don't have a lot of help. Let's be honest. They, they don't have a lot of talent. Not like years past, right? So what's going to help our offense more? A guy that's never played in the regular season, that's still fairly new, or this veteran that's taken his team to the Super Bowl? Former league MVP. My thing about Cam Newton is he's not accurate. He's not the most of accurate quarterbacks. He, he's, he's been not. hurt the last couple of years. He had a he's never injury. accurate. He's never been accurate. Never. Man, he was a pretty damn good quarterback in 2015 when he was healthy. I'm sorry. Yes, he was. But what, what happened that year when he went to the Super Bowl? What, what, what's, the rem- what's the memory that we have on him? Not, yeah. not on that football, right? Yeah, the fumble ain't reason to die for it? Yes. Hey, man. That <laughs> happened. And, and, but, I mean, you can't even – you don't even have, like, a memory of Jared Stidham doing anything like that. Like, there's no memories at all. I do not have any members of Jared Stidham doing it, but like I said, everything come out of Patriots count is Stidham might be the quarterback week one. He's looking good. He's not going to be the quarterback week one. I don't care what you say. He's not going to be the quarterback week one. There's no way. Unless Cam gets hurt. Cam's, Cam's not 100% healthy, I don't think. I don't think he's it. I don't think he's healthy. Look, I think you're just sticking your ways and you just want to be right. But Cam- <laughs> I'm sorry, Kendall. You're wrong on this one, man. You're You're really wrong. Jared Stidham is the guy. He has a leg up right now in count. And from everything that I'm hearing and a, and a lot of Patriots fans are hearing, Jared Stidham has a leg up on count. Cam Newton, I mean, we, we know what we're going to get from Cam Newton. He's going to overthrow some balls. He's going he's going to grant, he's going to dirt balls. Some he, he, that's what he's going to do. But when, when Cam was successful, and then another reason, Cam doesn't know the receiver he's throwing to. Julian, Cam's never been successful successful throwing to Julian um, slot receivers. He, he never had a really good slot receiver in Carolina. Exactly. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, he's never really had one. Hey, but he has one. He, he has one now with the with, with the with the Patriots and Julian. Edelman. He had, he had punches and Kevin Benjamin does big. Again, you're just kind of proving my point because you said yeah. he's never had a slot receiver to throw to. Well, guess what? Now he has one. So Maybe he's never been successful throwing to slot receivers. He, he loves the big outside receivers. Well, Jared still more familiar with the receivers the Patriots have. Give me a slot receiver the Panthers had in the past. Can't even think of one exactly. But he he he's never been successful throwing to as any slot receiver. Any. Look, he's gonna play. He's gonna he's gonna play good for you guys. I think I think for the Patriots this year, it's gonna be familiarity over unfamiliarity. Justin is more familiar with the system and the players around him than Cam Newton would be. Well, look, I think this year is gonna go in the gutter anyways with everything going on, and you know, it's just you guys are still you guys are in real rebuilding mode. I don't care what you say. They're rebuilt. They're retooling the team. I wouldn't say rebuilding because I mean you bring in Cam Newton, so you're obviously thinking that you're going, you got a chance of doing something. If you bring, even if you just bring him in for competition, he's better than what you got. I mean, he's better than Jerry Stidham. So yeah, but this, he has a better record. 
going still. We talked about this already a couple weeks back. They're they're retooling, right? I mean, I mean, he has a better resume resume than Jared Stidham. But I think Jared Stidham is the better quarterback, and he will be the better quarterback. And we're going to look back on this debate and on. You don't know that. You're saying all these unknowns. You really are. I'm going back back and looking at the facts. That's what, what I did. What did the Patriots see in Jared Stidham for them not to draft a quarterback or consider a quarterback early on in the in the offseason? I mean, do you think there was, this this quarterback class was high? They they had a lot of they had a lot of holes to fill. So maybe, as far as I read, they were doing their due diligence on Cam Newton three months ago. They were, but they've been doing their due diligence on Stidham. They've been in love with Stidham. That's not what I'm saying though. So why are you going to waste your draft pick on a quarterback that doesn't? It's not going to help you out at all when you can sign a former MVP that's a free agent and he's got something to prove. And he said to himself, money was not the issue. He just wanted the opportunity to start. If Cam Newton was this so was, was the so-called starter for the Patriots and they were, they've been in love with him, why is he even going to compete with Stidham if Stidham has no chance to even compete with him? Stidham has no chance to be the starting quarterback for the Patriots. What's going to hurt Jared Stidham the most is that there's no preseason this year. I think it hurts Cam. It's going to hurt both guys. You're but, just going to throw Cam out there week one. You haven't seen him play. don't know when. Just against the Miami Dolphins? Yeah, I am. No. I'm riding with the former MVP. I'm sorry. Jared Stidham will be the starting quarterback week one against Miami. And we will revisit this, converse, this conversation another month. Yeah, don't worry. It's today's uh, August 15th, 927 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So I'm going to remind you, when week one rolls around, and he's a starter against the Dolphins. Say, hey, man, what did I tell you? Okay. All right, but till then, that's going to end this segment of who's going to be the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots, <sighs> or Cam Newton. Now, you guys are more than welcome to weigh in, so make sure you guys uh, send us a DM and just let us know who's going to be the starter. But I already know who it's, who it's going to be. It's going to be Cam Newton. We'll see you guys. Our next guest is the current NFL free agent, Rashad Payne. How you doing, Rashad? I'm doing good, man. How you doing, man? I'm great, man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity, baby. Sure. So if you can just tell us who Rashad Payne is, introduce yourself to the audience and tell them, tell them about yourself. Tell them your story. Man, Rashad is a young man who, um, who pretty much uh, always had odds stacked against him his whole life. Um, and everything that I've done up to this point, you know, uh, without God, I wouldn't be here, number one. But um, I put a lot of groundwork in to get to where I am right now. Um, you know, I, I, out of high school, uh, I was recruited. My junior year, I started getting some traction as far as recruiting and everything like that. And then, um, you know, I made some bad decisions because I was in the city of Tampa. And, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't have the, you know, my mom always my support system. But having a single mom, you know, you have a lot of downtime. So... Um, I wasn't really as focused as I should have been, um, but it was a learning lesson, you know. Um, so senior year of high school, I didn't get to play at all. Um, only thing that I could do, because I'm a two-sport athlete, so my first love was basketball. That was, that was, if it was up to me, if I was like 6'6", six, six, I, I would have went to the NBA, you know. That was my first love growing up. Um, so I played some basketball my senior year just to try to grab, grab me, a, you know, a D2 offer, a D3 school, something like that, get there, play football too. 
Um, but then I also ended up falling through because as I actually got the chance and coaches was, you know, there for me, you know, in my, in my hip and pushing me, I wasn't pushing myself. Um, so I lost, I lost all of that. And um, once I graduated high school, I, I just, football wasn't even like a, wasn't nothing in the near future. It wasn't even something I was really even chasing anymore. I kind of had gave up on it. You know, uh, I was at a low place and at low, low point in my life, honestly. Um, so around, I want to say around 20, I graduated 2014, uh, 2015. Um, I was staying at my mom's house, you know, not really doing much, just, just there, you know, but the hunger struck me again. And I was like, I can't just be on my mom's couch. You know, I, I'm, 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 about, I'm 18 years old. Like, you know, I always told myself once I turn 18, I don't want to be just breathing your air, mom. Like I gotta be doing something out there. You feel me? So um, I pushed myself and um, I just up and left and I moved to Orlando 2015, going into 2016. Um, I had no money in my pocket. I just moved out here with a friend and I just started my journey and um, got into community college and, at Valencia, they didn't have a football team because, you know, Florida, they don't have any JUCOs, nothing like that. So um, I was just trying to figure out what to do. Um, but I knew I wanted to play football again. But at the same exact time, I had a lingering knee injury as well that uh, I wasn't really aware of at the time. Um, so I just kind of just, you know, I didn't have insurance. So anything, anytime I ever hurt myself, I would just go along, move along, do what I got to do, you know, throw some water on it, per se. Um, so then I just I started training. 2016, I started training, started training, just started, you know, hitting the field, certain guys out here at UCF and meeting a lot of people. I was working on campus at the UCF in the student hall. And um, so I met a lot of guys and stuff like that. And, you know, met, we met some people that was, you know, had some like seven on seven pickup games. And I got the love back for it again, just the competition factor of it. And I knew I could still do it, you know. Um, so around like 20s, around like 2017, 2018, um, that's when, I decided that I wanted to actually pursue this again as a dream. So I was like, you know, I heard of walking on in colleges, like, you know, you could walk on and get a full ride. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna try to walk on at UCF and uh, make my story, you know? Um, I kind of got discouraged with that because I started seeing how uh, UCF started taking off. That's when they started going undefeated and mm-hmm. uh, Scott Frost was there, McKenzie was healthy and everything like that. So. I got, I kind of got discouraged, like, man, if I go walk on, they're not going to give me a chance. And I'm not trying to sit on the bench for two, three years and not really get a chance to really, you know, get no film on, on, on the table. So I really didn't know what to do, but I just kept working out, kept working out. Um, then I finally got insurance um, and I ran to the hospital. A lot of y'all not. I got insurance. I had my mom send me my card information. I went to the hospital. I'm like, look, I need to get looked at. Got looked at, got my x-rays. Boom, got an office with this guy who was pretty much like a sports doctor. And he was like, look, you have some torn cartilage in your knee. Um, that's probably causing you discomfort, you know, swelling up when it, whenever it wants to and whatnot. Got that all squared away. The recovery process was almost about, about a year just where I could fully get to full strength and just cutting and stuff like that. And just mentally, too, you know how that goes with the injury. And um, I right after the surgery, I want to say maybe like five months, six months after, CFL was having some trials. I knew I wasn't ready at the time, but um, I wanted to get that uh, competition factor, that 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 drive back, you know, that, uh, you know, hunger. Yep. Yeah, so I got to the CFL trial. Uh, I went to two of them, you know, paid the $100 and whatnot, and I actually made a short list for one of them, but when they asked me after the workout, you know, do you have any film? I didn't have any film. You know, my high school coach, you know, he 
you know, never reached out to me and got back with me. So I had no feeling to back myself up. You know, I'm like, yeah, I didn't even go to school. I'm just, I just came out here. He's like, oh, well, you know, nothing we could do because I can't really further evaluate you and whatnot. So that's when I got the first taste of you need film. You know what I mean? Like you got to have film. They got to see who you are. They want to know who you are on the, on the field. So I got back home and I got back to the drawing board. I'm like, what to do? You know, so I got on Google and I Google semi-pro teams, you know, Found me a semi-pro team in Cocoa Beach, which is probably about like, it was about 45 minute, 30 minute drive from my house in Orlando. Um, and I started going out there and that's when it all, that's when it, everything started right there, semi-pro. I remember walking out there and it was just be almost like a movie. Like, uh, what's that, what's that movie called? Uh, Hardball, I think it's called or something like that with the little kids and the baseball coach. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know if y'all remember that movie, but it was kind of like that. And when I got out there, it was just real, you know, uh, unorganized you know I was like well I gotta start somewhere you know what I mean I, I can't be picky I don't got no I don't got nothing anyway you know got out there and I just put my head down started working coaches was you know they knew I had a talent but they was you know kind of trying to humble me in a sense of like you know you gotta you gotta earn your keeps you know I don't care where you, who you are where you come from you gotta earn your keeps so I earned my keeps the whole season I ended up balling out getting some recognition uh, my name started buzzing through the city just a little bit not really much and um I got hit up by the Orlando Predators um, arena team uh, the owner called me, actually. I was in my bed. After this semi-pro season, I didn't know what I was going to do. I just I was laying in my bed one day, and I was like, oh, well, keep working out. You know, stay ready. I got a call from the Predators, like, hey, man, we want you to come out for a practice, yada, yada, yada. Went out there. They threw me up against all the linemen. They're like, look, go against all the linemen. And I did, I, you know, I held my keeps. I got signed. Uh, played the last four games, five games of the year. And um, it was just a difference because coming from semi-pro to pulling up to the games, having to drive to the games, change on the sideline, you know, really just really unorganized, you know what I mean? People, you know, doing whatever on the sideline. And it's just, you know, it's really unorganized. So from going to that to being with an organization that was, you know, I walk into the locker room, my pads and my helmet are there, you know, my stuff swatch, I got socks, like please, I got, you know, uh, 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 meals being paid for on the road, hotel room on the road, and different things. So it was just all started happening so fast for me, but I was also just so thankful because I, I knew the work I was putting in, you know? So um, they threw me on special teams. I was the youngest dude on the team. I was 23 at the time. Everybody else think the oldest, the, the, the youngest guy after me was like 28. So I was the youngest dude on the team. Um, so they threw me on special teams and I was, I'm just one of those guys, you throw me on special teams, you can throw me on whatever, you know? I feel like I'm a gadget guy, you know? I play linebacker, defensive end, and tight end. So I feel like I'm a gadget guy. You can use me where you need me type of thing. And um I started balling out there, and then after the season happened, um, I had to keep going, you know? Things was, I had traction. I had to keep going. I had to figure something out. So uh, it was this thing I don't know if you guys are aware of. It's called the Spring League, and um, yeah. I signed up for that. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, you got to pay, uh, you know, $800 or $1,000 or whatnot like that. I'm like, man, I can't pay that to go. You know what I mean? I ain't have no agent, no representation, no nothing, you know? So I'm like, well figured out. So I reached out to them, figured out what they can help me with. And they, um, they ended up helping me, you know, figure this whole situation out of getting there. And my first time going was in Georgia, caught the Greyhound from Orlando, hit the Georgia. Um, and that was my first time being around NFL talent and it felt good. You know, it, I, like also just getting there, checking in, giving me my hotel room, you know, having meetings downstairs in the hall. Like I got the, the experience, you know, I was just starting to get the whole, you know, uh, a pro, since you know of a, a regimen you know what I mean and it was just it was just cool I, I was I'm loving I was loving it. I'm still loving it and and um 
we had a game. They had like a couple of days of practice. It was like four day, five day thing. I had like a couple of days of practice. Then we had a game. After the game, I came back home, you know, back to the drawing board, back to work. And I knew what I had to work on after being up against NFL talent. So I knew once I got back, I need to drop some weight. I need to get my lower body uh, stronger. I need to get more explosive. I need to get my hips looser. So I, I knew I had already got some pinpoints of how I become a better athlete so that I can start getting recognized. You know what I mean? My goal is to get to the league. So, I mean, any time I go up against good talent, it just shows me where I'm at, and I'm always ready to get back to work. You know, it's, you can get better at, at anything. You know, it doesn't matter what it is, always. So I came back home, and I just started work. I started. I signed up at um, D1 training facility. Started training at D1 with a couple trainers. Told them exactly what my goals was, and we, we, we started hitting it immediately. Um, then out of nowhere, I got an email. Or well, before that, um, I got some representation. I, I met a dude through my LinkedIn, and um, he reached out to me. He asked me how could he help me. Um, Charles King, man, shout out to Charles King, man. He, he reached out to me, and um, ever since then, he's been on my he's been on my hip. He's been helping me get everywhere. He's been booking my flights for me. Just just, just being that being that person that I need right now um, in order to get you know get looked at and do what I have to do. You know, I'm a, I, I fend for myself. I have a single mom. You know what I mean? So I I, I don't ask her for nothing. I, I want to take care of her. You know, so uh, I'm out here in Orlando. Me, my brother, and my girl, and we just you know we you know we focus. We still do, doing what we got to do. You know what I mean? Um, so I got an email from the Spring League 2020 uh, in March. I got an email, or oh, I missed February. I got an email before my birthday, which was on the 24th, that I got picked for the All-Star game against Japan. Um, we were there for a week. Um, flew out there, and, psh, man, great experience again. I got to meet Zach Meckenberger, P.J. Dawson, and a couple other dudes that, you know, I've seen play on TV. The P.J. Dawson was a top linebacker coming out the draft at the time, I think 2016, 20, oh, well, 2017, 2018. So uh, I seen these guys, I'm like, whoa, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm getting there, you know, things are moving. And um, that that week out there, just being up, practicing for those weeks and like every day, like, you know, waking up, you got a meeting in the morning. After your meeting, you got breakfast. After your breakfast, you know, you go up to your room, do your thing, boom, boom. Now you got practice at six. It's just being on that type of schedule, it felt good. You know, I, I was like, I can do this. I love it. This is what I want to do, you know what I mean? I find myself wanting to become a better athlete. So while I'm out there, so I'm like, what can I do while I'm out here to become a better athlete? I didn't know who PJ Dawson was at the time. Um, but after being there, me and him, like, we kind of clicked on a line, during linebacker drills. And I found myself just following him. And then he invited me to his room one night, you know, talked to me. I figured out who he was. Like, oh, snap, I did. I remember. I heard, I heard about you. Um, like, yeah, man, da, da, da. You know, I heard about his story, how he got out the league, how he trying to get back and whatnot. And, he was really inspirational. I sat in his room every night. Every night I sat in his room. He taught me how to watch film. I didn't know how to watch film, you know. Just as simple things as that. Just learning how to watch film, being a being a pro, you know, watching yourself, watching this, learning your reads, playing your keys, stuff like that. I just had to, I just was picking up along the way while I was out there. Had a great game against Japan, and um, I was the only guy they was throwing around because, like I said, I'm a gadget guy. So the whole entire time I'm there during the week, I'm at linebacker. I'm at three. I'm at three technique. I'm at the defensive end, you know, they was middle. I'm, I'm everywhere. Boom, 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 boom. So I, I got some good exposure while I was out there. Got back and I had a few workouts set up with some CFL teams and Corona, man, just destroyed everything, bro. Destroyed everything, bro. Um, threw me for, man, threw me for a loop, man. I had things going good. The Predators were going to have a good season. I was like, you know, I'm going to play with them until someone, you know, decided to pick me up. And I, I was, I was just, you know, Ready to go, man. I was putting in a lot of work, man. Even this offseason, I've been grinding so hard, you know. So for this to happen, it just kind of just threw me for a loop. But um, I want to say these past few weeks, things have picked up for me, man. And 
Uh, I have a, you know, I have a NFL free agent workout coming up August 29th. I have to hit to Miami. I'll be with Chris Chambers. Um, and, um, yeah, from the Dolphins, I'll be with Chris Chambers, man. Shout out to Chris Chambers, man, for reaching out to me and sh even giving me that opportunity to even come down there, you know. I could, my story, man, is it, it, I'm so ready to, for everybody to hear it, bro. It's, it's, it's crazy, you know. Um, and so I have that, and then, you know, whatever happens from that, leave it in God's hands. Once I come back, I'm still going to continue to get ready because I know you guys seen the Spring League is going to do a bubble concept now due to the fact that the college has, uh, you know, canceled a lot of their seasons. So they're going to do a bubble concept in Vegas. It was originally going to be from October 20th through the 28th. Now they're going to do it from October 7th through the 28th. It's going to be six teams. They're going to put us all in the bubble. We're going to have a certain few weeks of practice, and it's going to be like eight or nine games. Wow. So then I'm going to be there with, you know, those guys. So it's, it's just – it's motivating me, man. And right now I'm, I'm working at a gym. I just moved out a little bit further from DeBerry. Uh, I mean, from Orlando. I live in a city called DeBerry, a little country area. Um, I want to get away from the city life a little bit. Um, I found a gym out here called Athletic Apex, and I went in there one day, and I wanted to join as a member, but I also wanted to work there because, you know, my season got canceled. I wanted to stay busy, you know what I mean? Make sure I'm still, you know, bringing in some bread, you know, take care of myself, my girl, my dogs. I have three dogs and four cats. You know, I'm an animal guy, so I take care of my babies, man. And um, they, they, they hired me on the spot, and they gave me a key to the gym at night, and they said, look, you close the gym, do what you got to do. So every night I train for an hour after I close. Except for tonight, you know, I made sure I shot home so I can get to get to this interview. But every night I'm training, you know what I mean? I'm staying ready, staying ready, staying ready. And um, as of right now, man, that's where I'm at, man. You know, I'm just staying ready. August 29th, I got my one of my biggest job interviews. And uh, I'm going to go down there and leave it all on the table, man. And that's just where I'm at right now, man. I'm just thankful to be here, bro, really. The story is crazy. Hey, man, Rashad, that was excellent, man. What's going on with you, man? What's going on, brother? Hey, one thing I want to ask you is, um, right now, so you're you kind of like a gadget guy. You said you play tight end, linebacker, D, and you could you could play a lot of different things. Thanks. Are you comfortable at the tight end position? Like, cause I've seen some of your workout videos on Instagram and YouTube and on your LinkedIn. I mean, and you can move around pretty good. Like, are you comfortable being a tight end? And if so, who um, who who do you look who do you like to look up to in the NFL? And who, who do you look look behind to see what you? Yeah, can do? it's so funny you say that, man. How how comfortable I am at tight end? Listen, man, growing up. Monkey used to always tell me, like, Rashad, your hands, bro, your hands. I never dropped the ball. Like, I don't drop the ball. Like, all throughout fifth grade, fourth grade, I was just I, – I was, I, was I was one of the biggest kids growing up, so they would just throw it up to me. And I, I'm talking about watching – I was watching Calvin Johnson elementary school trying to reenact him on the field, in, you know what I'm saying, out there. And um, I kind of got this – I kind of got a, just, a, just good with just jumping and iron the ball, jumping and grabbing the ball. I got big hands, one hand in the ball. I was doing that. Before Odell even started making it a thing, that was the type of thing that I was practicing with my cousin, laying on the ground, 10, 11 years old, throw a fast brush so I can catch it. You know what I mean? That was stuff I've been doing. So to be honest, that was my first position to even go at in the first place. That's what I wanted to play when I even first hopped it back in the game. I went to semi-pro practice. I'm like, oh, I'm going to play tight end. I didn't like the whole... It, I, maybe it was because of the, 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 the type of uh, uh, what I was under. It was semi-pro, you know what I mean? So maybe that's what it was. I wasn't really getting a cold concept of tight end. So um, I kind of was like, eh, you know, wasn't really feeling it, you know. I was like, throw me back on defense. And once I got on defense, you know, that's just balls to the wall. You know, that's, that's man on man, you know what I mean? So that's what I like, you know what I mean? But if I had to say a tight end, 
easy. That's easy to me. I got great hands. I got mitts. You feel me? That's one thing. I don't wear gloves either. Like, if I have on gloves, I feel like that's cheating. You know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. um, but I had to say my favorite tight end in the game right now, it would have to be Travis Kelsey. That's my favorite boy in the game right now. But I, out of all time, who I was who I was studying film on growing up, and even to this day, I was still, you know, watch his highlights every now and again. Shannon Sharp, that's my dude. That's my dude. Hey, Shannon Sharp, boy, he's a legend, Hall of Famer. I watch him every day on Undisputed. So you know, oh, that's, sure. that's my show, boy. I got it. Hey, I, I record the series every day. I got it on record. Go to, to sleep to it, and then wake up again to it. So that's how much I like. I love Undisputed. Uh-huh. Skip, you, you know, skip, skip. You know, skip, but. <laughs> <laughs> I like both of them though. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Shannon Sharp, he's crazy. But um, what, what's your forty time? What's your forty? Right now, the lowest forty I ran right now, I ran actually. I want to say about a couple weeks ago, I ran a four six eight. That's that's not so, bad. That's no, I'm definitely trying to cut that down. If I can get to the four five range, man, something different. Then. But um, I, I feel like I got a prototypical size. You know what I mean? I'm six three, two forty, two forty five. You know. And I reached out to you a few months back on LinkedIn. I just, I seen your profile. I said, man, he's an NFL free agent. So he looks like he's probably, it's going to be a good story. I would love to bring him on a podcast or whatnot. So I, and I, man, you, you reached out to me, bro. I appreciate it. Cause like I say, everything that's going on in my life right now, like this is like my third interview this year. So like, uh, I'm, I'm kind of getting used to it now, but um, it was just an honor, yo. Like everything I'm doing right now, man, without God, like I said, without God, I wouldn't be doing none of this, but all I'm, everything I'm doing, I'm doing on my own, you know, besides with my agent, you know, I call him, he's like my mentor, you know, he helped me do a lot of things now, but before that, man, I was just putting in all this groundwork, you know, I didn't know what would come out of it. I know the percentage of people that actually make it in the league, you know what I mean? So I just want to be in that percentage, you know, so you reaching out to me about this interview, man, it just gave me more exposure, so I'm thankful. And so, I mean, you said you have an NFL workout coming up real soon? August 29th in Miami, yes, sir. Yeah, I and, that's, and that's funny because how you reached out to me, uh, a guy reached out to me uh, through LinkedIn. And um, when I first got into the game, I remember dudes telling me, like, you know, like, a couple of my NFL guys, I'm like, Deontay Johnson for the Steelers? That's my little bro right there. In high school, in high school, he was our quarterback. And he used to come to me every morning. I mean, every morning, every practice, like, hey, man, don't hit me hard today, man. Don't hit me hard today. So that was my guy, but I remember when he, when he was going through the whole draft process and uh, I, he was in Tampa for a little bit. I met with, with him and a couple of dudes that was getting ready for the draft and whatnot. They was like, you know, it's all about who you know in this, in this, in this game, really. Um, mm-hmm. You know some people, they'll get you in the door. After that, it's really all on you. Um, yeah. So I don't know, man. God's been doing his own work. So a lot of people have been um, reaching out to me, just trying to give me an opportunity. And uh, Mr. Tory, Mr. Tory uh, reached out to me and he uh, told me about this workout in Deerfield. And um, told me to be there at 9 a.m. Um, on August 29th. So, and the, the interesting thing you is you. I mean, you're you're versatile. You can do a lot of things. You know, you I mean you can come off the bench. You can play special teams, tight. You can do special a lot. Team, yeah, straight up, man. And that's a lot yeah. of players. They don't they don't respect special teams. I love special teams. You know, that's how you get your that, that that's how you get recognition. Really, right. I, every team I played for, I told the coach put me on special team. And before every game, I told all my teammates, I'm gonna make this first tackle. Hey, and I made the first tackle. You feel me? Like, I love special teams. I know a team up north. He's up, he's up in Boston, Massachusetts. The Patriots, Bill Bell, he loves special teams. And I'm pretty sure he would, he would definitely find a place to put you if, if he brought you in for a workout. Man, Bill, bring me in. Patriots, come get me, man. Shoot, I reached out to them through LinkedIn, too. They yes. Come get me. I, of course, you know, I looked around every – I done went through every NFL roster, yo. And I, 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 
you know, because also too, what my agent told me is, you know, you want to find a team that's gonna fit your fit what you play. You know what I mean? And I feel like I'm a three four backer. You know, so I've been looking through every NFL team, just like you know, I know who who got the knees, and you know, Miami Dolphins, Jaguars, you know, Patriots. You know, so I, I I'm um. I'm open. I'm open to to whoever. Just know whoever get me, they gonna get they gonna get that guy. I'm working 100 percent, 110 percent every day. I'm coachable. You know what I mean. I'm respectful. Um, right. I come from a good background. Um, and yeah, man, I want to earn my keeps. I don't want no handouts. I want to earn it. You know. Hey, I think you're gonna be great, man. I wish you the best of luck, man. I really appreciate it, Kimmy, for real, man. Appreciate it. Hey, Rashad, it's Jerry, man. Um, I love your story, man. So I mean, it's it's just. It's, it's it's crazy, right? When you start to see like so so many different journeys to the NFL, and everyone is is unique, and you're on your journey, right? And it's cool because I think that you kind of are a living testament to if you you know if your faith is there, and you just kind of st- take that first step, right? You know how they say it's like kind of walking yeah. through a tunnel; you can't yeah. really see the light, but you started doing that, and look at all the connections that you started getting. So it's like if you're getting the green light and you're you're doing exactly yeah, man. what you're and, saying. And, and like with that too, it's like, cause I didn't even know about LinkedIn. You know what I mean? A girl put me on with LinkedIn. All right, let's make a LinkedIn. Boom, made a LinkedIn. I'm like, all right, let's start let's start posting stuff. Start posting stuff. You know, I didn't know I didn't know how to go about it, bro. And that, that, that that's the thing. Like even now, like I'm still winging it. You know what I mean? But you know, I keep God first, bro, and I I, I stay grounded in that no matter what. Um, I, my manager uh, at my job right now, um, at Athletic Apex, Mr. Brian, man, he he said this important thing to me, cause uh, you know being an adult, it's hard out here. You know what I mean? You gotta you gotta you gotta survive. You know, if you don't shoot, you might end up on the street. Let's be real. You know what I mean? So, you know, I found myself through the through the through the years. You know, I sacrificed a lot for this football journey. You know, jobs. You know, not working. You know, living. You know shoot but just enough what i need to eat in the kitchen you know what i mean because i feel like you know yeah i'm gonna work but i also got to put my time in for this dream if i just put all my time in working i'm never going to put this time in for this dream and i was talking to brian and he was like most definitely you know there ain't no plan b there is no plan b you pull all up i'm putting all my chips in plan a right now while i'm young you know what i'm saying putting all my energy putting all my effort you know into this and to see where it get me, because I'm always gonna, I'm always gonna have a chance to work. I'm always gonna have a chance to, you know, pursue another career. You know what I mean? The sky's the limit. You have dudes forty, you know, whatever years old, open up their own businesses at that point in time. You know what I mean? But you're only gonna be 20, 24, or whatever, one time. So while I got this window, man, I'm, I'm making most of my opportunity. That's awesome. So, so that kind of, I, I kind of have two, two real good questions for you. So uh, the first one is. I, I you you during your you're explaining like your process. You said that you didn't learn about film film mm-hmm. study, right? And that you mm-hmm. learned it. So I, as I, a I three four, I, for that, man, for real. <laughs> that's good. Uh, that's good to have mm-hmm. uh, good people like that, right? Uh, so real quick, so you say you 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 know you you're very your strongest suit is a three four um uh, yeah, outside yeah. linebacker, right? So what is it that when you look at this, when you look when you're studying game film, what are you, what is it that you're paying attention? Obviously you're gonna attack the tackle, but what are you, what are you studying? I mean, before the play set up, I'm I'm looking at how they lined up. Um, depending on where I'm playing, you know, in the three four they can have me at the end, they might want to have me at the outside, they might want to have me at the inside. But either way it go, um, if I'm at defensive end, I'm looking at the lineman, how he's lining up, you know, 
you know, a lot of linemen give it away, whether it's a run or pass, always. You know, they big dudes. They don't like being down there too long. So, you already know they ready to give it away. Um, also, too, um, prior to the game, um, I'm, I'm watching, you know, their mannerisms, how they are in the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. You know, what plays they're running, you know, in certain situations, down the distance, what's plays like the call. Um, also, too, knowing who the quarterback is. Is he mobile? Is he not mobile? You know what I mean? Is he cerebral? You know, is he going to be able to pick up if I'm trying to cheat here, but I'm going to come here? You know what I mean? So um, I would say, for the most part, um, watching mannerisms, uh, re-watching, you know, their games, prior games, and studying how they uh, go about, um, the, you know, calling their plays and first, second, third, fourth quarter, just studying the team all the way throughout. Um, but, yeah, I would say mostly just just I study every player. Like, I want to know everybody's job on the, on the defense, like, if it's the corner, I want to know what he got to do. If it's the safety, I want to know what he got to do. If it's the tackle, I want to know what he got to do. So then I know, shoot, if we all working in unison, it should work. Yeah, I think that's that's real good. Yeah, last night, uh, we, I man, we worked from I, I think because you know we have yeah. the website, the East West Football Network, and uh, I was working with the draft team, and man, it's crazy. We started like around a little after seven thirty. It was probably like 7.45, and we finished like around 11.15 p.m. And it's crazy because we literally were going down, you know, who can make the impact for the – who can make an, an, an actual impact in the NFL right, right now. And that it's, it's tough, man. I mean, we have to really study the film, and you throw a name out there, and literally I have, you know, the whole entire scouting team who's saying, no, this guy knows how to use his – he knows how to use his hands. He understands placement. Oh, yeah. he, not only that, it looks like he's he's studying film. Uh, I'm like, wow. So it's it's really good, right? That that to see that you have taken a step above, saying not only am I paying attention to the stance, but I'm paying attention to down and distance and uh, what the offensive coordinator or the quarterback likes to call, right? Well, on definitely, certain- man. Going to the spring league, I would say more than anything has has taught me how to how how. The professional level is just as far as even in the game everything's just so fast so if you're not really in tune with what's going on you know you might you might you know you might act like it's first and ten but really it's third and ten third and five and they're trying you know just you got to know you just have to know what's going on on the field at all times and i and i realized that it's not just run out there and hit somebody bigger than that now as the game continues to go on from little league to this to that to that it just gets faster it gets more cerebral you know you can play you know what i mean so i feel like that's what it is and once you get to that level everybody can play who going to who, who's 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 using this more i would feel like that's what it is yeah for sure and 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 the last thing i i think that you you kind of talk kind of like talked a, a little bit about it but let's just say this doesn't work out, right? right? What what do you what do you have planned long term? I mean, obviously, obviously, I mean, for somebody to entrust you with a gym, you know what I mean, and that allows you to get your workout yeah. in. I mean, that says a lot about your character. Yeah, I appreciate them so, for real. I mean, I'm just saying, long term, Rashad. I mean, what 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 do you still want to be involved in football at what capacity? Yeah, man, uh, scouting definitely. Definitely think I can get into scouting. Um, because. I want to be able to give it opportunity for dudes, you know, people don't know his talent everywhere, you know? And I feel like with certain scouts, you know, they only reach down so far, you know what I mean? And uh, I would say, I would, I would want to get into scouting. Um, I'm really into animals. Um, 
So I will, I will definitely want to start up my own, like, and I want, I don't want to have like a kennel, you know, I want to, I want to definitely breed my, I have a Rottweiler and a Belgian Malinois and I want to breed them after a while. And I want to make, uh, I want to make like a, pretty much like a, a big animal home, not just for those two dogs in particular, but I want to rescue animals. All my animals are rescues. So I want to rescue animals, make like a huge, like animal farm to where I can rescue all the animals on the street. It can have them there. They could be home. They could be eating they could be good you know and also have a certain time of the year certain times of the week where people could come and adopt as well but even if they don't adopt the the, the animals are still you know living good you know so that's one of my that's one of my biggest ventures i also want to get into um opening up my own training facility for when the athletes you know off season when they come home um i would say that's something that i'm 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 seeing that that's big you know because every every athlete's always looking for someone to just come train where they can really lock in with the trainers and lock in with the staff and Trust them to help them get better for the off season. This off season, I really realized how important the off season is, is as far as putting in work. You have to work. You know what I mean? That's what they do. That's how you become great when you come back to camp. You know what I mean? So I've learned that. I learned that too. So I would say um, definitely want to get into scouting. If not scouting, I want to get into coaching. Um, and then, yeah, I want to say my, one of my two, three business ventures, actually, because I also want to get into real estate because I'm in Florida. So real estate is one of those things I always wanted to get into. But, yeah, I want to say open up my own kennel. And um, my own gym, man. My own gym, definitely. And that, that's really good, man. I mean, I, I think I've asked that question, but nobody really has ever – I mean, and, and I don't want to knock any of our previous guests. Or we love all our previous guests. But, like, I mean, that was very genuine, and you went really into detail. That's good, man. We, I mean – Yeah, because you said a very important thing, my man. You know, I had this conversation with my girl the other day. I say, if I, even if I don't make it, you know what I'm saying, even if I don't make it, and I'm not saying this just to like to throw it out there, like oh, even if, no, I'm saying this just because I want to just just have a conversation you have to have, you know what I'm saying? Just be real. If I, even if I don't make it, you know, I'm still thankful, um, just for the drive that um, you know, the higher the higher power put in me. You feel what I'm saying? To to even come this far, like I said, out of high school, I had nothing going for myself. I had nothing going for myself. Not one thing. Working, nothing. I ain't want to work. I ain't want to. I got a job at Bob Evans. I was there for like two days, and I was, I just walked out. I was like, I don't, I can't, I can't do this. You know what I mean? So, I was confused. When I was seventeen, eighteen, I was confused. I didn't know what to do. You know what I'm saying? I grew up not knowing my dad. It was just a lot of things that all hit me at once, and I became a man that I had to kind of deal with internally. That you know, you can't always expect for someone to be there for you, help y'all to understand. So I had to figure out. I had to have my own relationship with God, number one, and then also had to become a man, yo. I had to just take things on the chin and keep it moving. So I'm also realistic with my life. And I'm like, you know, even if I don't make it, I'm still thankful. At the end of the day, I'm still thankful. Thank you so much, Rashad. Hey, man, uh, even if you, don't, if you don't make it, you still made it, bro. Straight up. All right. Thank Straight you. Hey, Rashad, Fidel here. Man, what yeah. an amazing story, man. Honestly, like you kind of just talking about your journey, right, is kind of like, put everything in perspective, right? Because as you're talking, I'm kind of thinking about my life, right? And the things that we've gone through or that I've gone through, right? But everyone goes through these things, right? Uh, but it, it's it's what's in you that gets you through everything, right? Mm-hmm. And who you surround yourself around with. So my question to you is, who would you say was that the, the one person that kind of influenced you more than anybody else? Because everybody has them, right? Uh, it could be a friend, you know, a sibling, uh, your mom. So who who was that person? I have this tattoo in my hand, bro. It's a four, man. I got four brothers, bro. Not my blood brothers either. 
bros that I met just through the struggle, just through coming up. And um, we all connected when I was younger. And I was around them every day, every day. Whether even if, even even when I wasn't doing no good, like even when you know, cause one of my brothers he wasn't in school, like you know, so I would skip school sometimes, even just to go chill with him. But they always pushed me, and they always knew I was different. Just my mental, just how I carry myself, just you know my drive. And um, without them, bro, I I wouldn't be here, yo. The man, them 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 them, them four them, them them four boys, man, they. They just look out for me so much, bro, and they 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 motivate me, man. And, uh, one of them, he's a boxer as well, so he has his own. Uh, he's a pro boxer. He's six and zero right now. You know, he's he's working his way up. Uh, Louis Rivera, Junebug, my little bro. Um, and like I say, man, without them, they 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 really are the, like the catalyst to 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 who I am today. They really made me sit back and you know. Say I can do this pretty much, bro. They they motivated me when I was and I was sitting down bad. They was like, bro, you can still play ball. Do it, do it. And after that, I've been doing it. So without them, like I said, I don't think I would be here right now. That's real great, man. Hey, even, all- even sorry, could not have cut you off, but like even when coming up, like you know, I got into a little trouble. Um, and even when I had went to jail for a little bit, and um, I had got out. Um, I had just turned eighteen when it happened, and um. I was like, my mom was so mad. Like, I feel like I let everybody down. Like, you know, it's threw me for a loop. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it was, I think it was still the school year too. I was a senior in high school. It was still the school year. I didn't think I was going to be able to make it back to school the next week. But um, I remember talking to the phone, talking on the phone with my mom that, that, that when I was in there, I'm, you know, well, I didn't do nothing. Da, 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 da. And just to hear her voice, like, all right, boy, it hurt me. It hurt me so much, bro. And I, I think that that too changed a lot. And I remember my brothers picked me up because I didn't want her to pick me up. My brothers picked me up. And I got in the car and they said, bro, this can't ever happen again. This is not you. This is not your life. This is not your life. I'm like, this is not my life, bro. And um, that conversation on the way back in that car, on the way back home, that was the start of it, really. Like, that's when it started really to fester up, really. I would say then. Man, I didn't even know it at the time because I still tried to suppress it, but it was always there. And um, yeah, I'm thankful for it. I'm just thankful for certain times in my life. I had a lot of learning lessons and I'm thankful. Hey, and the other question I wanted to ask you is how how did you get connected to Chris Chambers? Um, this is just a recent connection, uh, actually. Um, actually, we're speaking with him today um, through text, but... Um, when I got the when I got the when I got the message from um, Mr. Tory through LinkedIn about the workout, um, he invited me to, and I I remember I was saying that um, I remember when I first was coming up, it's all about who you know, and if you know somebody, they can get you a workout. But I was just starting, so I knew I wasn't going to get no workout. Um, so when he hit me up through LinkedIn, and you know he sent me the flyers, sent me the plays, and he told me he said send your bio to C Chambers at so and so whatever. I'm like C Chambers. I'm like, I'm I'm a real huge football guy. When it comes to names, stats, numbers, blah, 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 I studied this game from Jitterbug, you know what I'm saying? So, so I'm real, like, in tune when it comes to names, numbers. Oh, I remember when he played for so-and-so, so-and-so. I was Madden, bro. It was like when I was young, when I was playing Madden, I was studying every player on the roster. You know what I mean? Like, I knew everybody, yo. So when I see them, like, see Chambers, boom. So I was like, okay, that's Chris Chambers. Boom, the Googling, you know, I'm like, man, man, I hope this guy not lying to me, yo. Uh, Googling, Googling, boom. So, no, Chris Chambers got his email, sent the email. 
Uh, he does work for Bar. I don't know if you ever heard of Boris Sports Complex, but that's where Draymond and a lot of athletes they go and train during the off season. So that's where he's at. So when he said it to me like, "That's where you're gonna be at," it, I'm like, "I hold it, man." I'm like, Cause I, I've, I've gotten scanned at least once or twice through this whole journey, like just as far as do reaching out to social media, and um, you know, you take chances. You know, it is what it is. You're just trying to make it. Um, so I I got his email sent in my bio this morning. Actually, is when I really realized it was real because I was in my, I was looking at my email and he messaged me back and was like, "Hey man, uh, send me the links." Looked at his, you know, the little, you know, uh, the contact info that they send with the email and C Chambers phone number. Yeah. Boom, boom, bar sports complex. I was like, "That man, this is this is what it is." And sent them the links and everything. Has he had my bio and everything already and. Um, I texted him, made sure he got everything, and he responded to me. He said he's reviewing everything, and um, yeah. So August 29th, man, I'm, I'm excited to meet him. It's, it was an honor just to even speak to him, you know. Yeah, hey, shout out to Chris Chambers. He's actually one of my wide receivers of all time. People don't remember, but he was the original. Not not original, but, I mean, as far as for me, when I was watching football, he was the one that was making those incredible catches. With mm-hmm. the, so, uh, mm-hmm. shout out to Chris Chambers. Chris Chambers, yeah, the GOAT. The go, yeah. I think you're muted right now, Kendall. Yeah, Kendall, you're muted. You're muted uh, Kendall. Hey, real, hey, real quick. Sorry about that. Some technical difficulties. But hey, please tell me you play Madden on PS4, not Xbox. I got both systems, dog. Oh, you got both systems. I got okay. both systems, dog. My brother, right now, I don't know if y'all heard him, but he and them Call of Duty on the PS4 going crazy. <laughs> but uh, I got the Xbox in my room. That's what I used. Like, that's what I'm mostly on. I'm on 2K on the Xbox and Madden. But I, I'm kind of done with 20 now. I'm, trying, I'm waiting for 21 now. Hey, I already pre ordered, so it'll be here in a couple weeks. But hey, I'm going to get what you get, get your PlayStation name when we get done. Oh, yeah, I got your number, bro. We're going to stay in contact, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, man, hey. Appreciate you coming on, man. It was great. Great story. Sure. Hey, Rashad, before we let you go, I want to get all your social media. So where can our listeners follow you on social media? Um, On Instagram, you can follow me at uh, gogo underscore gadget, because I'm a gadget guy, um, underscore shot 44. On Twitter, you can follow me at cityboyshot. And on Facebook, just my full name, Rashad Payne. You can follow me on there. Um, Yeah, bro. That's that, that's me. Um, but I'm excited about the 29th, bro. Well, good luck to you on the 29th of August. Uh, one last question. I have to ask you this. I'm right. here, brother. I got. I'm home now. I'm good. <laughs> so we know you got the workout right, and the best right. to you. But what do you want the NFL agents, scouts, general managers, CFL scouts, general managers, owners? What do you want them to know about Rashad Payne that they must know? I'm a hard worker. Um, if you ever get a chance to, you know, listen to any anything, any of my interviews, or, you know, even get a chance to speak with me, um, everything that I've done to this point has just been off the muscle, groundwork, you know what I mean? And I feel like I, I'm a hard worker you can trust in the locker room, outside the locker room, at home, you know, I'm a stand-up guy. Um, I don't go out to the clubs and get all drunk and stuff like that. You know, I know how to have a good time. Don't get me wrong, but um, I'm real trustworthy when it comes to that. You know, I'm real serious about my dream. I'm real serious about my career. And I feel like if any organization take a chance on me, they're going to get, you know, a full stand-up guy. And um, a guy that they also, too, can, you know, plug in, plug in on the field on, in many, many ways. I, I just I just truly just want somebody to truly just – 
take a chance on me honing on my skills and develop me as a player. Rashad, it's been a pleasure talking to you. For sure. I appreciate y'all, man. It's been a pleasure to be on here, yo. And uh, hopefully we can talk to you down the road. Oh, most definitely. I, I'll, be, I'll be happy to make a, you know, come back, speak again. Hopefully that next time I'll be signed or something. So, shoot, I, I'd love to come back and speak then for sure. Speak it into existence, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's going to wrap up this edition of the East-West Football Podcast. Special thanks to Matt Mayoko and Rashad Payne for coming on the show. For all your latest news and updates, make sure you visit eastwestfootballnetwork.com. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Also, our new YouTube channel, East West Football Network. Thank you so much for listening and have a great weekend. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast, Back to the Arena, the Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the Interviews. Electric Acid.